I've heard it said you steer where you stare. We are bombarded daily with voices vying for our attention. And if we fill our days and minds with Netflix and social media feeds, we can get off track pretty quick. That's why I developed a 30-day music challenge. Listen to Christian music exclusively for 30 days. The challenge is free, and I'll be right there with you every step of the way. Head over to michellenizette.com forward slash 30-day challenge to sign up. Change your music, change your life. You are listening to More Than a Song, episode 440. Hello, and welcome to this episode of More Than a Song. My name is Michelle Nizat, and this is the podcast dedicated to helping you discover the truth of Scripture hidden in today's popular Christian music. My goal is to teach you to connect portions of God's Word with the songs you're singing along with on the radio to help you meditate on truths that will transform your way of thinking and ultimately your life. Thanks for being patient with me as I'm releasing this episode a day late. Uh, I had fully intended to return from my 25th wedding anniversary trip in time to record and post this week's podcast, but Hurricane Ian caused us to rearrange our plans, so thanks again for your patience. But I can't wait to jump into this week's episode inspired by Tasha Layton's song, How Far. It's a great question, and while I could think of many areas of Scripture where God just goes out of His way to call His people back to Himself, I couldn't shake the idea that the whole of Scripture answers this question. So before we get into the meat and potatoes of what I'm going to talk about today, let's listen. I kept running and running and running. You kept chasing and chasing and chasing. A million miles of my mistakes. So couldn't keep your love away. However far away I am from home. Today, I want to take us through the grand story of Scripture, what theologians call the meta-narrative. And what I'm going to share with you, I learned primarily through my interaction with a women's conference that I attend every year called Proclaim Truth. And registration is still open for this event. It's in Fort Worth, Texas in October. I'm going to link to it in the show notes. If you end up going to the conference, please let me know by emailing me because I'd love to meet up with you in person. But today will be a little different in that I will not be sharing bites or my Bible interaction tool exercises. I will not necessarily be leading us to a chunk of scripture to study this week. Rather, I'm going to be following God's red thread of redemption woven into the whole of scripture. So how do you get a sense of the whole of scripture? by reading the whole of scripture. And I know that it takes time and commitment to do that. I hope this episode will inspire you in a new way to make that a priority. Um, Either just dive into it right now or make it a goal for the new year to really read all the way through. And I guess that is taking a bite of read and keep on reading. And then when you hear um, presentations, kind of like what I'm getting ready to do and elsewhere, you will begin to see how it all starts to fit together. Um, So let's ask the very personal question raised by our song. How far is God willing to go? 
well, until he gives his only son to die a brutal death and rise again the third day that anyone who believes in him might have eternal life. But I'm getting ahead of myself. This question is really rooted in something we know deep down. We deep down, we know that we deserve judgment, but God gives grace and we want to know if we've outrun his grace. So when we read the whole of scripture, we do see God's judgment, but we also see his grace is never far behind. So let's back up to the beginning. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Each person of Trinity was present, Father and Son and Holy Spirit, and his creation was good. And man and woman were created and placed in the Garden of Eden, and it was very good. A creation of God in the image of God in like no other part of his creation. We were created to cultivate the garden and improve its growth through labor and attention. We were given dominion over all of creation, and we were created to walk with God. God promised dominion over the earth to mankind and life everlasting in return for obedience. God's plan was to walk in intimacy and close relationship with Adam and Eve. He lavished his love on them through his presence and the abundance of the garden. But Adam and Eve made the choice to disobey and ultimately break allegiance with God, which then led to broken fellowship, which is what we call the fall. God's judgment upon Adam and Eve was that there was broken relationship with God, broken relationship with creation, and broken relationship with others. There would also be physical and spiritual death. But God's grace is never far behind his judgment. The grace to Adam and Eve is that though they had sinned, God allowed them to be fruitful and multiply. He didn't destroy them right away. The narrative of scripture moves from being perfect to imperfect. And moving forward, we see that everything is about God's redemption and restoration of what he had created. The major thread of the Bible, redemption and restoration. God's judgment with his grace never far behind his judgment. So at this point, sin spreads. We see this in Cain and Abel. Cain murders his brother Abel. And from this point forward, we are in a downward spiral. People are marked by rebellion and in judgment. God sends a flood. And you can read about this beginning in Genesis chapter 6. But God's grace is never too far behind. So he makes a covenant with Noah and his family and the animals. And his covenant was never to destroy the earth by a flood again. He set his rainbow in the sky as a reminder of his promise. After the flood, those God preserved on the ark came out. God commands them to repopulate the earth and spread out, but they disobey. We find ourselves in Genesis 11 at the Tower of Babel where they were building a monument to themselves, but not to God. In judgment, God comes down and confuses their language and forces them to spread out. In summary, God made everything perfect, but people broke it. And our just God doles out judgment, but his grace is never too far behind. At this point, God chooses to extend his blessing to a people he chooses to create through one man, Abraham. God chooses Abraham and makes a covenant with him that he was going to bless him and give him land and that all peoples of the earth would be blessed through him. And immediately you can see that this is an unconditional promise because Abraham and Sarah are really old. So what we see is that God himself is going to have to bring this to pass because they can't. 
So unlike that promise that was made to Adam and Eve, this one required nothing of Abraham. God took on this full responsibility of bringing it to pass, and he did it. Through Abraham comes the chosen son, Isaac, and then Jacob. And then this is where we get our 12 tribes of Israel through Jacob's sons. Joseph was one of Jacob's younger sons, wise and discerning, young and full. And his brothers hated him and sold him into slavery that landed him in Egypt. But God is sovereign over evil, and he used it ultimately to protect his people. Because we see in the text that Israel, Jacob's new name, and his family are spared death by famine by being in Egypt. And God had redeemed the evil actions of Joseph's brothers by using Joseph to save the region, ultimately his own family, from the famine. So now Israel has moved into Egypt, and from 70 souls they multiply greatly but ultimately become enslaved by the Egyptians for over 400 years. They were under a wicked Pharaoh king who had no regard and no reverence for the one true God. So God sends Moses to deliver Israel from Egypt and form a nation of God's people. And when God gives Moses the Ten Commandments, it's a conditional covenant. God wants his people to look like their king. He is, by the way, their king. And these commandments were written in a way that provide blessing and protection if they obey them. But they didn't. They broke the covenant and rebelled. So there was judgment, 40 years of wandering. But God's grace is never too far behind. God's grace through Joshua allowed his people to enter the promised land. He could have wiped them out in the desert. God could have said, nope, that's enough. They've gone too far this time and I'm done with these people. But he didn't because his grace is never too far behind. So it seems like once they get into the promised land, things might begin to settle and shake out like God intended. But the people started sinning again. You see, the nature of people does not change, but neither does God's. So God sent them judges to call them back to the covenant, to call them back to the standard, to get them to turn from abandoning the one true God. And in this time of the judges, it was dark. And and you can see that as you read it for yourself. But the people wanted a king. They didn't realize they had already that they already had one. And so we see that there was judgment. You see, God gives them a king. He was tall, dark, and handsome. And he would also conscript their sons to fight and charge them taxes. And the judgment came in the form of Saul. Though he looked good on the outside, he lacked a heart that was set apart unto the Lord. But God's grace is never too far behind his judgment. And as we see God's grace in the kingship of David, David, despite his flaws, was called a man after God's own heart. There was an unconditional promise that God gave to David, another covenant. The promise was that there would always be one from the line of David that would reign on the throne eternally. David had a son named Solomon, and things went well for a time, but Solomon ultimately went the way of the world. Scripture says his heart was pulled away by the many wives he had. He disobeyed God's instructions to not have foreign wives, and um, he ignored this instruction. And Scripture says that he clung to these. He clung to his wives in love. You see, for the sake of love, Solomon disobeyed, and God's favor leaves him. And Solomon had a son, Rehoboam, and it was under his reign that we see the kingdom of God split 
this once united people who were supposed to be consecrated and set apart and sanctified under the Lord, sanctified unto God. They, they split and divide and become two different kingdoms. We're left with Judah and Israel. God's judgment came, but his grace was not far behind. During this time, God sent prophets calling people back to the covenant. So again, we can see this thread that God is never just dusting his feet off and leaving his people. He was constantly calling them back, calling them back, calling them back. And so he sent prophets to call them back to the covenant to return to his ways. But the people don't listen. Eventually, the people are then conquered by Assyria and Babylon, and they're exiled from the promised land. They have no land. They have no rights. They have no dignity. They are vulnerable. They're unprotected. Once again, they are enslaved. And then God goes silent for 400 years. Maybe they had gone too far. God silences his judgment, but his grace was not far behind because the people walking in silence and darkness would see a great light. The king had not forgotten his promises. A baby was born of a woman, but not of a man. He was fully God and fully man. He was incapable of sinning, and the trajectory of mankind changes when Jesus comes to earth. His ministry, his life, and the message that he brought turned the world on its head. He was baptized by John the Baptist, and the Holy Spirit descends on him in the form of a dove. And then he was sent into the wilderness by the leading of the Holy Spirit. He was tempted by Satan. And in the very place Adam and then Israel had failed, Jesus succeeded. He began to preach to repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. He said crazy things. His, his ways were opposite. They were unnatural to what was going on. It's a time when children, for example, would be cherished. We see in the time of the judges that children had been susceptible to child sacrifice. But with Jesus, children are cherished. With Jesus, the first become last and the last became first. With Jesus, you lose your life to find it. With Jesus, forgiveness is valued over revenge. These are very table-turning things. And Jesus was preaching it and preaching it with authority. Then Jesus begins to do what he's preaching. He performs miracles and demonstrates dominion over creation and sickness and evil and ultimately over death. This is not popular, especially among the Pharisees. And so opposition builds and builds and builds and ultimately leads to the cross. Now, I do want to say this. Before time began, this was the plan. This was the redemptive, restorative plan of bringing people back into right covenant relationship with a holy God. This was it. You see, at the fall, God didn't say, oh my, now what will we do? Jesus was never a plan B. People have always been unable to save themselves. They've always been unable to restore right covenant relationship with God. We needed a great intercessor. We needed a better and truer Adam. And we have him. Jesus is the perfect sacrifice. He laid down his life. Nobody took it from him. So God's judgment was found in the wrath on the cross. But God's grace is never too far behind because we see that his grace is Jesus standing in our place and that by faith we get to stand before Father God in right, restored, covenant relationship. 
Jesus not only absorbed the wrath of God in our sin, but he imparted the perfect record of righteousness to those who would believe. This is called justification. You can find it in Romans chapter 5, but it's a thread throughout the entire narrative of Scripture. But that's not the end. The tomb was empty. The angel said when the women came, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. We have an empty tomb. How far was he willing to go? Unto death. But death could not hold him. Before ascending to the Father, Jesus visits the disciples in a fully restored, resurrected body. And he gives them their final marching orders, which was to continue the work of establishing his kingdom. That was the goal. That was the point. And that's our calling as well. After this, Jesus ascends. The Holy Spirit comes down and by the power of the Holy Spirit, those who believe in Jesus have a renewed nature. We now have the ability by the empowering, indwelling, equipping Holy Spirit within us to choose rightly, though we live among the fallout of sin. We are not without counsel. We are not without a good shepherd. We are not without a teacher. We are not without one who convicts of sin and leads us into righteousness. We are not without one who teaches us how to read and interpret and rightly divide the word of God. God's spirit is no longer confined to the walls of the temple in Jerusalem, but has spread to the hearts of his people. It's profound. It's profound that this has happened. The Holy Spirit has come. In the book of Acts, we see the promised Holy Spirit come down at Pentecost, and we now have the gospel spreading from Jerusalem to Rome. We have Paul writing letters to the churches in Rome, telling them how to live and not just what to do, but who to be in light of who Jesus is. So it's not over. We're now in an advent. We're now in what some would call a second advent. We are awaiting the second coming of our king. And when our king returns, he will not come in meekness. He will come in judgment. It's not over. For those in Christ, we have his perfect record of righteousness and we will be with him forever. But for those who have not submitted to Christ as Lord, they will be judged and separated from him. But we're not there yet. So you're not too far. God's grace has not run out for you. But I do want to say you are not promised tomorrow. But we're not quite done with the grand story yet. We still have revelation, the things to come. We've already talked about the eternal separation for those not found in Christ. If you can hear my voice today, I beg you to surrender your life to Christ, that at the final judgment, you will be found in him. But make no mistake, all will be judged. But our king has not forgotten his promise to his people You see, when Jesus returns, there will be judgment, but his grace is never too far behind. For all those found in him, there will be no more sickness. There will be no more tears. There will be no more death. There will be no more children who are fighting for their lives. Creation will be renewed. We will worship our king and live with him eternally, just like it was in the beginning. So what's next? Well, even if you haven't read the whole of scripture for yourself yet, take some time to meditate on what you do know of God's judgment and his grace that is never far behind. If you haven't surrendered to his love and God's call to repentance, 
Don't wait. If you aren't currently studying in a specific place in scripture right now, then I encourage you to read an account of Christ's death, burial, resurrection, and ascension in one of the gospels in either Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. Because my friend, that's how far God is willing to go to restore right relationship with you. And then while you're in God's word this week, let me know how you're doing. Email me, michelle at michellekneezat.com. You can hop on Twitter or Instagram at michellekneezat, and we can talk about what you're learning. Now, More Than a Song is a proud member of the NRT Podcast Network. Check out other podcasts in the network and Christian music resources at newreleasetoday.com. Now, I would be honored if you followed the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts so that you never miss an episode. But if you sign up on my website at michellekneezat.com, then I am able to email you once a week with the show notes with all of the scriptures that I use, links to resources that I use in my personal study, and all of that is conveniently placed in your inbox. Now, my featured free resource for email subscribers this week is a one-page PDF of my top five bites. So you can get started moving beyond merely reading scripture. You can start interacting with it and use this tool to help. So head over to michellekneezat.com to subscribe today. Now, with that in mind, I want to thank my newest subscribers who've subscribed lately, like Tina from Canada, Aliana from the Philippines, Virginia from Texas, Hayward from Missouri, Carolyn from Missouri, Valerie from Minnesota, Emily from Georgia, Blake from Michigan, Karen from India, and Tiffany from Iowa. Welcome. Now, don't forget, you can listen to the podcast directly on my website at michellekneezat.com through iTunes or the Apple Podcast app. You can follow on Spotify or through Stitcher Radio or your podcast listening app of choice. And if you have not yet left a review for the podcast, please do that today by heading over to lovethepodcast.com forward slash more than a song. Well, that's it for this episode of More Than a Song. Next week, I will be featuring The Goodness by Toby Mack and Blessing Afford to dive into scripture. If you liked this episode, however, would you mind sharing it with others? I've made it really easy. With one click, you can share via Facebook, Twitter, or email. Just head over to michellekneezat.com forward slash 440. While you're there, I'd love to hear from you. Click on comment to join the conversation. Until next time, take time to meditate on God's word and consider his ways.